Welcome to episode 51 of the FarmExec podcast. I'm Kristen Harm, Associate Editor of FarmExec Magazine and our podcast host. FarmExec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. Hi everyone, I'm Elaine Quilici, Senior Editor of FarmExec. On this week's episode, we're speaking with Dr. Eric Von Hofa, Chief Scientific Officer at Nugenerix Immuno-Oncology. Eric talks about the recent outbreak of the Wuhan coronavirus around the world and how biotechs and pharma are jumping in to help find a solution. So this is a, a pretty important podcast, but before we get to the interview, um, and the reason why we have Elaine on the intro today is that Elaine is actually going to be taking over as the main host of Farm Exec Podcast. Um, just to let you guys know, I'm leaving Pharmaceutical Executive to pursue a professional opportunity, but it really has been a pleasure working with PharmExec and also working on this podcast especially. I've enjoyed every single interview that we've done on this show so far, and I want to thank all of you guys, all you listeners, for giving us a chance and listening to all of our episodes. I appreciate all the support that you guys have given us over the past two years since we started this. And I'm really going to miss being a part of this platform, but I am excited about becoming a listener with all of you. The fun part of all this is that we pre-record this podcast and we've recorded a lot of really exciting episodes for the next few months. So you'll still get your Kristen fix for a little while. Absolutely. It's going to be super weird listening to the episodes and hearing <laughs> myself interview people. <laughs> Um, you guys are in excellent hands though. Elaine's really great. I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy to be passing the podcast off to her. And I do want to also thank our assistant editor, Miranda Schmalfus. She's going to be taking over the production and editing of the episodes, which is super duper fun all the time. <laughs> so I appreciate her taking over that. It's a little tedious, but it's also kind of fun. Um, stay tuned while we take a quick break and then we'll be back with Eric's interview. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At TrueSerum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. TrueSerum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at TrueSerumNTWK.com. Hello, podcasters. Today, Elaine and I are interviewing Dr. Eric Von Hofa, Chief Scientific Officer at Nugenerex Immuno-Oncology, also known as NGIO. Eric is a vaccine expert and a pioneer in II key peptide technology. And with a history of developing vaccines for similar viruses like bird flu and SARS, NGIO has adapted that technology to create a new vaccine, which is currently in trials, and that's to fight the fast-spreading Wuhan coronavirus. So today he's here to educate us on the, the challenges of creating vaccines to stop pandemics. Thanks for joining us today, Eric. My pleasure. Good to be with you. So Eric, just to start us off, if you could tell us why the coronavirus is such a problem. Sure. Uh, the main reason is that it's a new virus that's never been in the human population before. So anytime that happens, that's, uh, people just don't know what it's going to do. Um, 
I'm sure everyone's familiar with the stories of when Europeans first came to North America, a lot of the uh, infectious agents they brought with them wiped out a lot of the Native Americans. So what we've seen so far with the coronavirus is that it appears not to be as lethal, thankfully, as uh, even influenza or SARS or MERS, uh, but it does have lethality, which is significantly higher than the normal flu. So people are estimating now somewhere around two and a half percent. So, um, you know, a lot of people, over 2,000 people have died. So it's definitely serious. And, and a lot of it too is just the unknown. We just don't know what it's going to do. So what are some of the therapies currently being used to treat Wuhan coronavirus? Currently, there are no, there are no approved treatments for the new coronavirus. People are looking at a number of different things. So one is a drug, remdesivir, that Gilead is developing <clears throat> that's shown some activity to other uh, coronaviruses like SARS and MERS. Those studies are currently ongoing. In Wuhan, I understand, we don't have any results yet, uh, but they're looking at those. They're also looking at some antiretrovirals, uh, so drugs that are active in people that have uh, HIV AIDS. So even though it's a different virus, people think that there may be some uh, activity against the coronavirus. And, and then also what, uh, what they're also doing in China is using plasma therapy. So what this does is taking plasma from patients who've recovered from coronavirus, which have all kinds of antibodies in them specific to the virus, and giving that to people who are sick with the virus. So essentially letting those patients who are sick benefit from the antibodies that other patients who've recovered have made to the, for the virus. Uh, you know, which is, again, it's a very valid approach, but there's nothing, nothing approved yet. So mostly what people are getting is, is just supportive care. Okay, so how does the vaccine that NGIOs developed differ from traditional vaccines? Sure, so, so most traditional vaccines are made by a very old process um, where one simply grows up large quantities of the virus, inactivates it in some way, kills it, or somehow inactivates it, and uses that as a vaccine. So essentially, uh, you know, injecting people with it, you're, you're exposed to the immune system to it, the immune system then builds up antibodies as it were a normal infection. What we're doing is develop a synthetic, uh, synthetic peptide vaccine. So a synthetic vaccine that really uh, consists of a small fragment of the coronavirus, specifically of parts of the, we're looking at various parts of it. One part we're looking at is the so-called spike protein. So this is the protein, this is the, the, the protein of the coronavirus that it needs to latch on to uh, cells and infect them. These, the synthetic peptides we're using, they're different in that while they don't generate antibodies on their own, they're helping the body itself to generate the virus. So, so, so they're activating different types of immune cells in the body, which themselves can enable your own uh, cells that actually produce the antibodies to produce them more efficiently. So it's essentially what we're trying to do is ensure that those patients that might not be mounting you know, a significant response, similar to those patients that recover, are able to do so. So it's a little bit more of an indirect vaccine, but the, the advantage of it is it's synthetic. It can be made in large quantities very rapidly and um, you know, it's very flexible. You can, it's, uh, I think that's something that could be used for lots of potentially pandemic viruses. So has this technology been used before? We've looked at this technology for the use in avian influenza years ago. So we did a small phase one study where we used peptides specific for the avian flu. Uh, we showed that in volunteers, we could generate a response in people that did not have a response previously. So we could uh, do what we thought we were going to do, what we intended to do. It's currently in clinical trials for cancer indications. So again, these same cells, which can 
help the body to generate an immune response can also help foster a cellular response against cancer. So we've done a number of very large scale studies. Importantly, what we've seen is that this technology um, can specifically but very robustly amplify the ability of the immune system to generate a response to a specific target. So basically any target we want to get a response to, we can do that modifying it with our, with our technology. So what are the challenges associated with trying to create a pandemic vaccine under the pressure of a ticking clock? Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty significant, obviously. Uh, what we've tried to do, and I think what people are getting a little better at is um, they realize, every people realize now that, you know, whatever happens with the new coronavirus, it's not a matter of, of if the next pandemic will emerge, it's just a question of when. So, you know, as the human population grows, expands, um, gets more interconnected, it's going to happen. So clearly the time to be thinking about a pandemic vaccine is not when you're in the middle of it, which is what we are now, but to prepare ahead of time. Having said that, um, I think our technology, which is synthetic, it can be deployed much more rapidly than the standard, standard means. The standard generation of vaccine would take probably at least a year. So again, as I mentioned, you need to grow up large quantities of the virus which is in itself somewhat of a dangerous endeavor. You're growing up lots of a, of a potentially pandemic virus, so that all has to be very controlled. Our technology, again, on the other hand, is, is a synthetic one. So there's no, no infectious agent involved in it. It's purely synthetic, can be done rapidly, and is much more amenable to making a pandemic vaccine in the midst of a crisis. I know that sometimes a pandemic can get under control before a solution is found. So what happens to that research? Can researchers build upon that for future pandemics? Or do they often have to start from scratch? It depends if you're developing a technology or not. So what we saw, uh, particularly when the avian influenza arose, people were really caught off guard. And what happened there, they first started to try and generate a traditional vaccine and saw that this particular virus, the avian influenza virus was so toxic, it was killing the hen's eggs they were using to grow up the virus. So they couldn't even produce a large amount of the virus. So that got people thinking, you know, how could we do this in a more streamlined way, in a more effective way? And people started developing novel technologies, everything from nanobodies, uh, ways of making structures that look like the virus, but are not, so just taking portions of the virus, somewhat larger portions that we're using. Um, so that, uh, I, again, you know, I, and most of that research really happened um, after the pandemic was over, after the avian influenza pandemic was over. It's, it's asking too much to try and generate a new technology in the midst of a pandemic. So I think what you're going to see now is that people are going to advance uh, on what they did previously for looking at pandemic. And that's what we're seeing. A lot of the companies that, have, uh, that did have some experience are coming out and you know it's easier for them now. It's the second time around. So I think it's, uh, it's the, the key is really getting some type of technology platform which is flexible, where you can simply you know, kind of plug and play. You, can, you have a new virus, you get these sequence very quickly these days, and you can identify what critical components you can plug into your technology platform to generate a, a vaccine, ideally synthetically. So you're you know, getting away from biological systems to grow up large quantities of the virus. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Eric. We appreciate um, you know you bring us bringing us up to date on the Wuhan coronavirus mm -hmm. and the hopes of you know stopping this and other viral pandemics. 
Yeah, my pleasure talking with you. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At TrueSterum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. TrueSterum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at TrueSterumNTWK.com. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs. Hi, I'm Dr. Eric Von Hofa, Chief Scientific Officer at New Generics Immuno Oncology. My leadership tip is to try and act as a player coach. I think this gives a good opportunity to set the culture of an organization. It's important for people to see firsthand how you yourself as someone in management can tackle head-on problems that arise. It's clear in, in pharmaceutical development that it's hard. It's hard to, to make new drugs. So I think uh, the more you can show transparency and foster that, as well as team spirit at all levels of the organization, uh, you're in a much better position to see the real risk and the real rewards that may be to have. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's PharmExec podcast. We're always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the PharmExec staff is working on. Remember that you can always find us on the web at PharmExec.com, on Twitter at PharmExec, on Instagram at PharmExecutive, and also on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of PharmExec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mmhgroup.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mmhgroup.com.